Hi, this is James Altucher. Thank you for listening to Eric Cabral's Entrepreneur Circle. On this episode. A lot of questions from investors are like, oh, it's cannabis, you know, it's risky. Why would you do that? So first of all, you have to get your comfort level around cannabis as an industry. Whether you're a proponent of cannabis or not, I'm a capitalist. I'm in there for the economics. And, you know, when I see a good deal and that makes sense, I like to invest. Hey there, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur Circle podcast, where we inspire you by talking to entrepreneurs and business owners about mindset, goals, vision, tips and strategies on how to crush life and business. I am your host, Eric Cabral, real estate investor and a creative. I've been in the creative industry for over 20 years, got my start in New York City as a junior art director and made my way up the corporate ladder to become the creative director at the number one pharma company in the world. That was until I decided to hang up my corporate hat and start my own creative agency called On Air Brands, where we broadcast your brand and your message using social media and live stream events. Hit us up at info at onairbrands.com to learn more. Also, like, subscribe, and share this podcast on social. We greatly appreciate you for it. And also, don't hesitate to send us any feedback that you may have because we always love, love, love hearing from you. Before we jump into the show, I'd like to share what some of our sponsors, partners, and friends of the show have to offer you. Hello, this is Josh McCown, CEO of Viva May Hospitality and the beautiful Renault Resort Winery. I have to tell you, the secret's out. And the secret is On Air Brands. On Air Brands Creative Agency, which specializes in launching podcasts, transforming live events into live streaming events, and social media marketing soup to nuts. On Air Brands has changed the game. There'll never be a day from here forward when you and I and our companies don't need to be on the air. Every brand needs to be on the air, but so few know that. So it's great to work with a group that are ahead of the curve and to find a company that has been built on the core foundation of the future of marketing. If you're ready to broadcast your brand like they've done for my brands, take the next step and make a change that can transform your business, reach out to On Air Brands today. That's onairbrands.com. Yes, onairbrands.com. All right, folks, welcome back to the Entrepreneur Circle, where we are live at the Mid-Atlantic Summit here in Philadelphia. Um, we are interviewing entrepreneurs and investors about all the wonderful things that they do. And I have an amazing dude here that I was chatting with during one of our breaks. And uh, I said, hey, man, step in front of the mic and let's talk about your story and the deals that you have. And um, it's really, really cool stuff. So we have Joseph Chan from Guardian Property Advisors here, and uh, he's got some interesting deals for people to sort of sink their teeth into. So, Joe, how you doing, man? To tell us a little bit about yourself. Very good, Eric. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm really nervous. You can't see it because we're we're on a podcast. You don't sound nervous. I and you look a, very, you look, look cool as a cucumber, man. Thanks. Cool thanks. First time podcasting. But, there you uh, go. Congrats. I'm uh, glad to be your first. That's right. That's right. So, um, <laughs> by way of background, um, you know, I, uh, real quick, 
uh, U Chicago undergrad, five years in tech. Then I went back, got my MBA at Columbia. Spent 10 years on Wall Street, capital markets, doing the uh, sales and trading thing. Then uh, 2014, decided I was done with that, wanted to do something more entrepreneurial. Um, started getting investing in real estate, first on the resi side and then more on the commercial side um, as an LP. Um, did a lot of stuff um, on uh, CrowdStreet. That's a plug for them. I'm not getting paid, but uh, I'm a big <laughs> fan of their site. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, I'm also in some you know, private club deals just, you know, through networks. Um, so I'm invested uh, in particular in a, in a couple deals in Massachusetts. They're industrial deals um, basically focused on renting to cannabis tenants where it is legal in Massachusetts state to uh, sell and uh, grow marijuana recreationally. Yeah. So if you like real estate and cannabis, that intersection, uh, happy to, to talk a little bit more about it with you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, it's not quite, it's not often where I speak to an investor that um, is investing in this sort of uh, vehicle. So it's kind of cool to have you on. Um, I, I realize the, the maximum, the potential for that industry, mm. and I've seen the growth over the years, and it's, it's, it's very intriguing. Um, and um, I'm wondering how people who are listening, you know, are curious to know, learn more, like what is it about your deal you know, what makes it unique and, and, you know, a lot of people who are investors in this space want to know a little bit more about the operators. So, sure. Yeah. Of course. Of course. So, um, there was a lot in that question. So let's, yeah, sorry. Unpack that. Unpack that. So, uh, first let's talk about who's playing in the space, right? Yeah. So, um, we're strictly, uh, tenant landlord relationships we're real estate guys we don't touch the flower you know our tenants are operators um and you know you've got the whole gamut when it comes to operators you got guys who are just out of college you know been growing in their backyard and then you've got very legitimate big public companies like canadian traded public companies you know high quality tenant uh really good financials those are the guys we're talking to more on the institutional level um you know we're the, the our latest project is uh in clinton massachusetts 450,000 square feet uh, of property, um, Class A building. It was uh, formerly owned by Weedabix, which was acquired by Post, the cereal manufacturer. Now, Post has a bunch of factories, so they don't need this one. So they shut down that factory in uh, August, trying to get it off their balance sheet. So they fire sailed it to us. We're picking it up at a very, very cheap, attractive price of about $20 a square foot. We could turn around and flip that property today to anybody for $40 a square foot, but we want to obviously, you know, take it from non-performing, put in three large tenants, you know, 150,000 square feet each, because the maximum you can have for grow in, in Massachusetts under one roof is 100,000 for grow, and then you have about 50,000 for, you know, uh, downstream, uh, you know, distillates and, and then, uh, you know, making oils and such and, and just distribution. So, you know, we're going to buy this thing um, all equity. Um, you know, the GP is very conservative. Um, it's difficult, although not impossible, to get leverage on these type of deals. So you won't get it from your traditional Chase and Wells Fargo because of the uh, federal illegality. You can find, um, you know, hedge funds that are, you know, basically hard money that will, will, will give you leverage. Um, we may look to explore that, but, you know, right now, before it starts cash flowing and, uh, you know, kind of we also know that, you know, there could be a potential recession coming. So we want to have huge reserves, be well positioned in case we do need to reposition the asset. 
So, you know, we're, we're focused again on Canada's tenants. You know, our, our model is, you know, charge a, a reasonable and fair rent. You know, guys in this space, it's kind of the Wild West. It's a very, you know, emerging niche market. But, the you know, the guys who are on the cutting edge of, of investing in real estate, you know, they're looking at it. The only guys who are really playing in this space right now because of the federal illegality is only high net worth and family offices. You know, you won't see the institutions coming coming into play. Um, you know, I, I have a, a neighbor who is the international cannabis guy for Brink Security, you know, publicly traded company. They, you know, move cash and flour in Canada, but they won't touch it in the U.S. just because um, they can't make a profit on that as a publicly traded company. Their shareholders would have something to say about that. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, um, you know, the, the deal, I'll give you the high level. Um, like I said, it's, uh, the, the building is $9 million. We're raising $17 million, all equity raised. We're going to have a large reserve. Um, the cash on cash should be around right around mid 20s, 25 percent, which is very healthy for a, a real estate deal. It's a modeled out for a three year hold, um, the plus 40 percent IOR. Um, but that being said, this this particular uh, buildings is partially in an opportunity zone. So, you know, we have uh, large investors that are looking to to roll capital gains. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with OZ funds, um, you know, I suggest you go out there yeah. and Google. We could we could have a whole another podcast. About oh yeah, that. absolutely. So. We we have another show called Capital Hacking where we've had episodes dedicated to opportunity zones. We have experts came right. coming in right. and, and talking about it. So if you're looking for a little bit more education, like Joe said, look it up on on Google Opportunity Zone Funds and also Capital Hacking episodes. I forget the we'll put it in the show notes. What episode? numbers those are but yeah yeah it's it's a good way to uh defer your taxes or to actually defer your capital gains taxes and that's right um so it's it's, it's definitely a good vehicle it's really cool um that your your investment uh leverages that opportunity right. too so yeah right so you know the, the the first thing i get you know quite a lot of questions from investors are like oh it's cannabis you know it's risky you know why 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 would you do that okay so first of all you have to get your comfort level around you know cannabis as an industry so, you know, whether you're a proponent of cannabis or not, you know, um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a capitalist. I'm, I'm in there for the economics. And, you know, when I see a good deal that makes sense, I like to invest. Um, and then so, I, you know, I ask myself, you know, from the cannabis industry, what is the trend? We see every year more and more states legalizing cannabis uh, on the rec side. We've got 45 or 46 states that have medicinal regulation for cannabis. Um, you know, you've got a huge tax base basis in all these states. You know, California is a multi-billion dollar tax revenue generation. So, you know, the argument is like, well, you know, what if the federal government comes in and shuts down, you know, cannabis? Then you got to think about how many billions of dollars, you know, business people who donate to the Republicans and the Democrats, uh, you know, have invested in here. If you all of a sudden shut that down, these people are out billions of dollars. Secondly, you've got billions of dollars of tax revenue that support education, all kinds of state-sponsored initiatives. If you cut that tax base out, then you got to go back as a senator or a House of Reps to your constituents and say, Mr. Constituent, we are now cutting out cannabis tax. We're going to either raise your taxes to close that gap or we're going to cut your services. You know, goodbye education, after school programs, whatnot, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think that there's, and I know for a fact, uh, my, my business partner, he's very well connected in the, the political scene, which is something that you need to, to be, you know, especially at the local level to, to make sure all your ducks are in a row. You know, 
This is not necessarily an easy deal to put together because you have to, you know, first of all, source the deals. You have to understand the, you know, the tenants, you know, and then you also have to understand the regulatory environment. Just because Massachusetts is rec legal doesn't mean every municipality wants cannabis growing in their backyard. So you have to find the right uh, municipality. Uh, we've talked to the, the guys already in, in Clinton, Mass. They're big proponents of bringing jobs back because they lost 300 jobs with the shutdown of the factory. So they're very pro uh, cannabis operators. That's a good point there. So uh, how many jobs do you think having that type of tenant will bring into the community? You know, that's really hard to say. I really haven't looked at that. That's more on the operator side. Again, yeah. we're just landlords. We yep. just want to collect rent. So, yep. you know, our returns are above where you would see normal real estate. But, you know, our operators, they're probably returning 100% IRR. Of course, they have a different risk profile and their cost of capital is a lot higher. Their investors are expecting 100% return, you know, IRR, you yeah. know, annually. So. Okay. So... So I'm not really well versed in the cannabis space, but I'm sure you guys are more now that you're looking into having this type of tenant in your 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 uh, your property. Yep. So, what is it um, as far as that industry in Massachusetts, especially in Clinton, um, that you find it, you know if you feel confident that you will be able to just always have it fully. Well, the reason why we're very confident in this property, it's going to be the largest indoor grow in Massachusetts. Secondly, you know, you just can't buy any building. You have huge power and water requirements to grow cannabis. So, you know, this building happens to be set up perfectly because they were operating, you know, industrial, cereal, you know, um, manufacturing and distribution there. So all the power is there. The infrastructure but, is yes, there. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, you can't just buy, you know. So, again, it's about finding the right buildings um you know and we just happened to be at the right time right place um you know we were actually second bid on the uh original deal but the first uh buyer fell through couldn't get their financing together so it, it's absolutely fascinating to me and i'm sure a lot of listeners out there you know obviously real estate you know we talk about that all day but actually fusing cannabis and that industry within the real estate investing is absolutely fascinating but um what made you decide this project cannabis well, I mean, look, it's basically an R about the way I look at it in the market. The only, as I mentioned before, the only people who are playing in this are high net worth and family offices, really, to my, my understanding. You know, institutions won't touch it just from a regulatory reputational risk. But to note, um, you know, the House of Representatives just passed a Safe Banking Act, and now the Senate is looking at that as well. So you can imagine, you know, once federally chartered banks like Chase or Wells Fargo can lend to operators, to real estate developers, what does that do to asset prices and cap rates? You know, when that real money comes in, we just want to own a ton of, of these buildings before, uh, you know, real money comes in and, you know, and take that kind of ride up as the real money comes, starts to come in. Gotcha. But you could have done any other type of industry, though, with that building. You could have continued to do what, what did you say? They, they produced cereal or they produced or you could do an organic grow something else. 100%. Why we, yeah. we, we actually may look at that like, uh, you know, there's, you know, aqua farms, you know, vertical farming that could be put in there. Mm. But just, you know, on a dollar per square foot rent, cannabis is kind of the, the highest and best use for this property. But in a worst case scenario, let's say, you know, that uh, we couldn't find a tenant, which I, is highly unlikely because they want to be in these class A buildings. You know, there are multi-site, uh, multi-state uh, operators that are looking for these large, you know, scale. They don't want to be in a lot of little rinky-dink buildings. They just want one building where they can grow all their stuff. So one tenant? Uh, no, three tenants. Because in, in Massachusetts, the maximum 
uh, allowable grow is 100,000 square feet. So it's 450,000 divided by three. We're going to have about 50,000 left over for um, doing downstream, you know, uh, oils and uh, distribution. You're going to need some place to store your inventory, things like that. Um, you know, so, but let's say in a worst case scenario, we could find one or two tenants and we, we couldn't find a third tenant. We, we're renting a, to cannabis tenants at a dollar a square foot, but we know for a fact we can rent to any regular industrial uh, tenant at 65 cents a square foot all day long. You know, so if we had to rent the whole building to all regular, you know, uh, data center or logistics company, you know, our returns would be like, let's say middle teens instead of, you know, mid 20s for, for cash on cash and your IR drops from, you know, low 40s to maybe mid 20s. Still a very respectable deal and that's not including the fact that we're doing this unlevered now if we do a traditional tenant we're going to be able to get traditional bank financing so now we can lever you know 60 70 percent ltv although we probably do a little more conservative gotcha so have you had um investors ask to look at that pro forma or have have you actually put together some some sort of data that shows the conservative side not cannabis as an alternative? So we haven't necessarily included in the presentation where our deck is already like 43, 45 pages along. And we do talk to, to, to prospective investors about that optionality. You know, really our focus, we're very confident in the ability to rent to cannabis tenants, but in a worst case scenario, your downside is protected. Remember, you own the asset 100% equity, no leverage. Uh, it's huge reserve. So the ability to reposition to another tenant is in my mind, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, riskless or risk-free, you know, uh, there's always risk in any deal investment, but, yeah. you know, relatively risk-free. Absolutely. So who's your target? Who's the person, the listener out there that if they hear your message, they're interested in both industries, they want to get involved, um, you know, what are they looking to bring to the, what are you looking for them to bring to the table? Well, look, um, you know, if they want to find out more information, they can go to my website, guardianpropertyadvisors.com. Um, they can, you know, my email's on there. Um, it's just jchan at guardianpropertyadvisors.com. I'm happy to speak with folks. Um, you know, we're looking for accredited investors, you know, larger size, the minimum bite size for this type of deal is usually $250,000 and up. Um, you know, certainly we would value guys who can bring strategic relationships either on the tenant side or if they have a, a large network of investors to bring to the table, we can make some exceptions there. But, you know, anybody, you know, I would recommend like it's a expanding niche market in real estate anybody who who has intellectual curiosity and wants to you know start to learn about this um, you know start doing your due diligence because at some point this is going to be federally legal and you want to get in front of that train uh, you know yeah yeah I'm a big fan of Gary V I don't know if you're a big yeah. fan of Gary Vaynerchuk he's all in on this cannabis I don't know about real estate and cannabis but just that whole industry mm. um, you know he's, he's definitely putting it out there so I think more and more people are starting to embrace it sure uh, as, as the larger personalities promote it so yeah well good for you good for you and your partners Guardian Property Advisors folks reach out to Joseph Chan, if you want to hear more, his email again is jchan at guardianpa.com. And uh, it was great to meet you, brother. Thank you, Eric. Yeah. Pleasure. Awesome. That's it for now, folks. If you'd like to stay in touch with the show, you can contact me directly at eric at onairbrands.com. That's eric, E-R-I-K, at onairbrands.com. And if you aren't already subscribed to the show, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast 
platform. And please recommend us to one or two people in your circle. That will go a long, long way to growing our community. Also, if you could rate us on iTunes, just take a moment uh, to give us five stars. And if they have more stars, give all of them. We'd greatly appreciate you for that. And always, always like, subscribe, and share, share, share this show on social media. We'd love you for that as well. And if you have any ideas or want to hear something on a future show, please hit us up. Maybe you have a question for one of my guests or you want to uh, tell a story, a success story. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can do that, especially if you're on the Anchor platform. You can leave us a voice message. We'd love to incorporate you and your voice on a future episode. Once again, folks, thanks again for listening to the Entrepreneur Circle. Please like, subscribe, and share, share, share. I am Eric Cabral, and as always, remember, your network is your net worth. So get in the circle. <laughs>